Good morning, and welcome to the radio broadcasts of the Brinesburg Missionary Baptist Church. Good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. Yeah, we're well, away. Well, it's good to see you here in worship. We're going to call ourselves to worship. This chorus says, come, now is the time to worship. I know we got a lot of things on our mind that we're going to do. It's a holiday weekend. Got a lot of things on our mind because of what's going on around us. But now is the time to worship our God, amen, and give him all the focus. Would you stand with me as we sing this chorus together? Maybe new to some of you, but it's a great chorus to remind us. Here we go. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before. Your God come one day now. One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remains for those who gladly choose you now. Sing that again now. Come now is the time to worship come now is the time to give your heart come just as you are to worship come just as you are before One day every tongue will confess you are God. One day every knee will bow. Still the greatest treasure remain for those who gladly choose you now. Come, now is the time to worship. Come, now is the time to give your heart. Come, just as you are to worship. Come, just as you are before your God. Come, 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 Lord, because you are our worship. He's done so much for us. He's our Savior, our God who loved us, who died for us, and he lives again. My Savior and my God. Let's pray again. I am not skilled to understand what God has willed, what God has planned. I only know at his right hand 
stands one who is my Savior. I take him at his word indeed. Christ died to save me, this I read. And in my heart I find a need of him to be my Savior. Think about this. That he would live his place on high and come for sinful man to die. You counted strength so once did I before I knew my Savior. Here we go. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, he was, my God, he is, my God, he's always gonna be. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, he was, my God, he is, my God, he's always gonna be. Yes, living, dying, let me bring. My strength, my soul is from this spring. That he who lives to be my king once died to be my savior. That he will leave his place on high and come for sinful men to die. You count as strange the once did I before I knew my Savior. Sing it out. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God, He's always gonna be. My Savior loves, my Savior lives, my Savior's always there for me. My God, He was, my God, He is, my God, He's always gonna be. Yes, living, dying, let me bring. My strength, my soul is from the spring. That he who lives to be my king once died to be my savior. Oh, Lord, we come to you. We're just in awe. First off, you would love us as you do. And then, Lord, we just cannot imagine you would go to die on a cross in our place and suffer what we should have suffered. And then, Lord, you the victory, the victory that you have over the grave and the gift of eternal life that you offer us. And for those of us who have accepted that, Lord, we rejoice. And we give you praise and thanks. Lord, there's a lot of things on our minds today. A lot of things going on in our world today. A lot of things going in our own personal lives. But right now, Lord, help us to focus on you. You're the one we're worshiping right now, Lord. Lord, just touch our hearts today in this hour of worship. Move among us. I pray our hearts are open to that, what you want to teach us this day. Thank you for all those that are here today and those that are watching, Lord. And I pray, Lord, you just pour out your blessings and the presence, the feel the presence of your spirit.
wherever everyone may be today. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you be seated, please? Well, good morning. So good to see you here in worship. And we want to welcome you who are watching online on TV today. I'm Rockney Ragsdale, Minister of Music and Families here at Bryansburg. Uh, just share with us, our pastor is not able to be with us today. He just sent his message to me to share with you. You know, he was, he was exposed to the COVID-19 uh, this week. And so the health department has told him he can't come. He has to go in quarantine. So that's where he's at today. And so... Brother Ed, Brother Joe Ed got the message yesterday, so he is uh, ready to preach today and share a wonderful word uh, with us today. But being that, we're going to declare a family night tonight. We're not going to have any services or any activities this evening, so you enjoy the time with your family. But right now, we want to just uh, worship our Lord. Like I say, we can get so much <laughs> bogged down what's going on, I, my head starts to spin. Does yours do that? What's going on? But right now, let's just focus and worship about that precious name of Jesus. We just sing, every knee's going to bow. Do you believe that one of these days? Some of you do. Do you believe one of these days everyone's going to bow and kneel in the name of Jesus Christ? Let's pray, let's pray uh, worship him with this beautiful song. There's something about that name. Let's sing together. Ready? Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Let the nations sing it louder. 
Cause nothing has the power to save but your name. Jesus, in your name we pray. Come and fill our hearts today. Lord, give us strength to live for you. strong and mighty tower. Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nation sing it louder, cause nothing has the power to save but your name. Your Your name is a shelter like no other. Your name, let the nations sing it louder. Cause nothing has the power to say but your name. That name is Jesus. Amen.
Today you'll be listening to the message preached at Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church during our Sunday morning worship service. May God bless you as you listen to his message. Appreciate that. I love any songs that lifts up the name of Jesus and what he has done for us. Uh, our words and our thoughts, I don't ever think that they get deep enough to really show the appreciation for what Jesus Christ has done for us. As Brother Rockney was talking earlier about Brother Brad and his situation and that being having been exposed to the COVID-19 virus, that he is not able to uh, be with us this morning. So yesterday afternoon, I I looked at my phone to make sure. At 3.49, my cell phone rang. Brad Walker. Brother Brad begins to tell me all that is happening, why he is called, and all that's going on in his life right now. Having to be quarantined for 14 days, he come around to one question. Have you got a sermon in your pocket? Well, I was just, uh, I wanted to say, no, all I've got in my pocket right now is a pair of gloves. And he said, can you preach tomorrow morning? And I said, sure. He said, now, do you have time to get a sermon ready? No, but I've got sermons that I can get ready. Matter of fact, I don't think I have ever preached the sermon that I have right now. I just kind of go by the inspiration of God, and when God leads and directs me, I will do a new sermon. Uh, I thought I was doing good. I'd already studied. I was supposed to teach the Sunday school lesson this morning, and, uh, man, I was, I was prepared for church this morning. Then I spent about the next four hours after I got home going over and preparing and studying for this lesson. Now, the lesson this morning uh, is taken out of chapter 22 of the book of Matthew and verses 34 through 40. Nothing new. It's just uh, a passage where Jesus makes some outstanding statements. Now, I'm sorry, there will be no PowerPoint up there because I don't know what PowerPoint is. Uh, Allison would have had, if I was doing PowerPoint, she would have had to done it, and we didn't have time. So, but we do. uh, Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. Now this morning we come to one of the principal passages in all the scripture. It's principal because of an answer Jesus gives to a question that is asked of him. In it, Jesus tells us of all that are our central duty, responsibility, and privilege in this life is. You know, Jesus is the one that's able to fix whatever's broken in our life. He's the one that has the right answers for the difficult questions and problems in our life. His answers are just not the right answers. Jesus' answers are the perfect answers. And because of his perfect answer and his perfect words, we have God's promise of eternal life. 
Now I want us to look here at these few verses at, at, in Matthew chapter 22, starting with verse 34 and going through 40. If you would, please, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying, Master, what is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. You may be seated. Father God, we pray that you would be with us this morning as we look at these passages and we study and see how that we can apply them to our life. Where we see our weaknesses that we need to gain strength in. And as Lord, as we talk about today these great words, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now, in the study, my study of the Bible, when I study and look at a, at a passage that I'm going to preach, I always try to not just focus on that. I want to go back and I want to look at the background. Now, in the background of this uh, Verses that Jesus has just replied to, the question that he's just replied to, we, we went back to verse 15. We've got to start right there. It's amazing how God can put three enemies together. The Herodians, they didn't like Jesus. They didn't like the Sadducees. They didn't like the Pharisees. The Pharisees didn't like the Herodians, and they didn't like the, uh, the Pharisees. And the Pharisees, the best that I can understand it in the Bible, if you weren't a Pharisee, they didn't like nobody. But God has brought all of these people together. Now, I want to spend a little time in reading God's Word to get us back to this point that we are there in verses 34 through 40. Now, we look in the uh, chapter, in chapter 22 there, verse 15. Now, the ringleaders, the ones that are behind all of this, are the Pharisee. Verse 15, it says, Then when the Pharisees had took counsel how they might entangle him, they're talking about Jesus, in his talk, they sent out unto their disciples with the Herodians, saying, Master, Here's, the, here's their question. Master, we know that thou art true and teachest the way of God in truth. Neither carest thou for any man, for thou regardest not the person of men. He said, 
Tell us, therefore, what thinkest thou? Is it lawful to give tribute unto Caesar or not? Now notice that next verse. He said, and Jesus had done, perceived the wickedness that they had in their mind. For the reason that they had come, Jesus already knew it. He knew they was coming to see him before he ever left heaven with these questions right here. And Jesus looks at him and he says, Why tempt ye me, ye hypocrites? Ye are hypocrites. And Jesus wants to know, he says, Shew me the tribute money. And they brought him a penny. Now I'm sure that here, here's the, the Herodians and the Pharisees, they're waiting for, for this answer. And he said unto them, Who is the image and superscription? And they said unto him, Caesar's. Then saith he unto them, Render therefore unto Caesar the things which are Caesar's, and unto God the things that were God. Now, uh, these Herodians, notice what happens when Jesus gives them that answer. And when they had heard these words, they marveled and left him and went their way. Wow, that sounds good to me. Did you hear what Jesus said? He said that <coughs> render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's and unto God's the things that are God. That his answer satisfied them. They just kind of throw up their hands and it says that they marveled. Wow, did you hear that answer that he gave us? Now here are these two peoples, the Herodians. They wanted to keep Herod on the throne in Judah. They did not want any kind of political uprising that Rome would hear about and come down on the leaders there. In other words, don't rock our boat. You say, you know, if you've got a problem, you take care of it, you whatever it is, and their problem was with Jesus, you take care of it. We don't want them hearing about it in Rome. <coughs> the Pharisees wanted a descendant of David on the throne. They were looking for the Messiah that would free them from the harsh rule of the, of the Roman Empire. And these two groups had joined together try to silence Jesus, more or less trying to tick him, uh, tax him, uh, trick him into uh, answering a question. And we see when they're, all of their endeavor, these, these two groups put together, that they, the Herodians, well, they like what Jesus had to say. He went on, and they were marveled at what he had said to them. Well, that didn't satisfy the Pharisees. <coughs> You'll find there in verse 23, it's, and, they, and it's the same time. Notice it says, The same day came to him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection and ask. Now, they've been put up to this, saying, Master, Moses said, If a man die having no children, his brother shall marry his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were with us seven brethren, 
And the first, when he had married a wife, deceased, and having no issue, left his wife unto his brother. Likewise, the second also, and the third, even down to the seventh. And all of the women, and, and at last of all, the woman died also. Wherefore, in the resurrection, whose wife shall we be of the seven? For they all had her. Hypocrites. You don't use that word, don't sow it there, but hypocrites. You know what the Sadducees? They didn't believe in the resurrection. And here they come to Jesus with this question, give this illustration about seven brothers and one woman, and they don't believe in the resurrection now, and they say, now when in the resurrection, whose wife will she be? The Sadducees, they were a self-sufficient group to the point of denying God's involvement in everyday life. They denied the resurrection of the dead. They denied the afterlife, saying that a soul perisheth at death. It's gone. In other words, when you die, you were graveyard dead. They, but by the Pharisees pressuring them, and talking to them, they had them asking questions about the resurrection in something that they didn't even believe in. And he, and he goes on, And Jesus answered and said to them, Ye do err, not knowing the Scriptures, nor the power of God. For in the resurrection there neither marry nor are given in marriage, but as the angels of God in heaven. But as touching the resurrection of the dead, have you not read that which was spoken unto you by God, saying, I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. God is not the God of the dead, but of the living. Now notice there, there in verse 35. And when he had, when the multitude heard this, they were astonished. We find that the Herodians, well, they just marveled at what Jesus had to say. And now the Sadducees, in this being pressured by the Pharisees, it says that they were astonished at the doctrine of God. Well, you would think that these Pharisees would give up. But no, let's continue. Look, go back to our uh, <coughs> verse 34 there in our text today. And notice what it says. But when the Pharisees had heard that he had put the Sadducees to silence, they were gathered together. Hey, fellas. Jesus has quieted the Herodians. He's, his answer has satisfied the Sadducees. We got to get together here. We got to have a little powwow together and we've got to come up with something to ask Jesus to try to trick him, to tangle him up in his words and they were all gathered together. Then verse 35 says, 
Then one of them, which was a lawyer, asked him a question, tempting him and saying him. Now, I've kind of got a busy imagination, and sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. But I can just see this lawyer. He gets up, and for the, that day and time, he is dressed to the hilt. He's got on the best garments that money can buy. On his feet are alligator sandals. But he, is, he has got it all. He is looking you. He stands up there and it says, uh, he put a question to Jesus, tempting him, trying to trick him, trying in some way or another to get the Son of God messed up on the words that he's saying. Jesus, he said, Master, what is the great commandment in the law? What is the great commandment that we have in the law today? And uh, their question was a theological question, a question they denied. But they the Pharisees believed that keeping the law of Moses and commandments would bring God's blessing on you, that someday there would be a resurrection of dead. But this Jesus that was claiming to be the Son of God was not the promised Messiah of God. This one that walked among us, he, he's not him. He's blaspheming. They're having it say it in their heart. And then here stands this lawyer and says, Master, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And those is Jesus' reply. And I, I, when I get there, uh, I have circled in my Bible the word all in this verse. Three times. He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. And with all thy mind. This is the first and the great commandment. Now while Jesus is, is doing this, uh, while they're trying to test him, the, the, his answer there in verse seven, uh, 37, he quotes from Deuteronomy 6.5. In that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Then, then looking down in the next verse, this is the first and great commandment. This is the great commandment right here that you love. Then, it, then it's kind of like Jesus almost says, and now while I've got you here and I've got your attention, and the second is likened to it. Thou shalt love the Lord uh, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. 613 Levitical laws. Ten commandments. And Jesus reduced two commandments and further reduced it, uh, they reduced all these Levitical laws and the Ten Commandments 
to two commandments and further reduced it down to one word, and that word was love. Now, if we turned over to uh, Luke chapter 10, you find basically the same story as we have there in Matthew chapter 22. But this lawyer, he's talking about, he stands up in verse 29 there. He says, but he, talking about the, uh, the lawyer, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, who is my neighbor? Who is it that is my neighbor? Uh, and there, and then Jesus and Luke records this parable. He gives this parable right here as to who their neighbor was. It says, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which was stripped of his raiment and wounded him and departing, leaving him half dead. And by chance came down a certain priest that way, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now I want to read this other verse right here, right quick. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked at him and passed by on the other side. It might have been, and I have read this, that they may have been at the temple for the time that they had, had gone up to do their service at the temple. They were ready to get home. They didn't want anything stopping them. They didn't want anything holding them back. Even a wounded man, as it says, that was half dead. They come by there and, now let me tell you, they're booking it. They're wanting to get home. They have been gone away from home and they're wanting to get home to see family and friends and, and, and get that good home-cooked meal. They were in a hurry. They didn't have time. They didn't have time for this poor uh, man right here. But notice there in verse 33, it says, but a certain Samaritan. I, I don't know where the, exactly the location that uh, Jesus and uh, the Pharisees were at that time, but I would have hated to get, tried to get a, a breath of air, Brother Rockney, because they sucked all the air out of the room when Jesus said Samaritan. <gasps> they hated them. The Pharisees hated Samaritans because of during a time of conflict, some of the People, the Jewish people had married in with the Syrian people, Assyrian people, and they were a mixed people. And because of that mixture, they hated them. They didn't just dislike them, they hated them. And can you imagine when Jesus said, and a certain Samaritan, oh my word. Did you hear what he said? He said, Samaritan. But notice what this Samaritan does. 
This Samaritan comes along, and uh, as he journeyed, he came to where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion on him. Oh, he had pity on him. He saw the condition that he was in, and he had compassion on him. I can't leave this man laying here. I've got to help him out in the condition that he's in. And he said, and he went to him and bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine. Now, let me put that in today's terms. This, oil, this wine probably had some percentage of alcohol in it, and it was a disinfectant. He put that on his wounds to clean the wounds. Now, my grandmother used to, when I'd get all skinned up and everything, she used a disinfectant. It was called coal oil. Some of you young people don't know what I'm talking about. Rub that coal oil on there. And, and uh, of course, if you put that on the kid today, they'd put you in the penitentiary. No doubt about that. Doing that. And then it says that he poured in the wine to cleanse his wound. And then what he does, he poured, he done the wine and pouring in oil. Oil was for the healing. It would be to cleanse the wound and to start the healing process of the wound. And he just didn't leave him by himself. And he set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And on the morrow he departed. He took out two pence and gave them to the host and said unto him, Take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. And Jesus asked him a question. Up in verse 29, he had boldly asked Jesus who his neighbor was. He said, Which now of these thinkest thou was the neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? Now, if you'll notice the answer there in verse 37, he gave a good answer, but he still couldn't in his heart say Samaritan. It just kind of hung up. He couldn't say Samaritan because of their hatred that they had for the. He said, uh, uh, he that showed mercy on him. And Jesus tells this young lawyer, go and do likewise. Show mercy upon mankind. Over in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we read some familiar passages there. He says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, which is love, I am become as a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. I'm just noisy. That's all I am. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, he says, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Charity suffers long. If you don't mind, I'm going to use the word love. It is kind. 
Charity, love endeth not. Love vaulteth not itself. It is not puffed up. Still talking in verse 5 there about love. Love does not behave itself unseemly. Seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. Love is still talking about beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never faileth. Love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. And then down in verse 13, he says, Now abide faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is love. You can have everything in the world. You can have all the things that it's talked about in these verses here, but you don't have love. You don't have anything. I think it's each week I receive a weekly newsletter from Dr. James Merritt. It just so happens that one week his newsletter was concerning these verses back in, in Matthew chapter 22. And he had this to say about them. We know not that we pass from life unto death because we love the brethren. He that loveth not his brother abideth in death. You know, police officers have one of the most important jobs in our society. Their duties focus on protecting people. One of, and one of the ways that you can tell a police officer is by the badge that they wear. Police officers have a badge. Dr. Merritt goes on to say, there is a badge that identifies Christians that we can wear every day, and it's the badge of love. This badge will do two things. First, it will assure us that we are followers of Jesus Christ. We know not that, that we have passed from life to death because we love each other. Second, it will also tell others that we are followers of Christ. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, you think about it. How did the early church fill with poor people, most of them illiterate, non-influential people, they turned the world upside down. How did these Christians become a magnet that drew millions of people into its fold? They followed Christ's command to love one another. A man named Aristides, who in the early days of the church was sent by the emperor to spy out these strange people known as Christians. Having gone and observed them, he came back to the emperor with these words that have echoed down through history. Behold how they love one another. The number one mark of a Christian in the first century was not theological knowledge, religious clothing, church membership, or even church attendance. It was love. 
When people walked into those early houses that functioned as churches, whether they were slave or free, Jew or Gentile, male or female, rich or poor, they saw people who loved each other in a way that they had never seen before, and they wanted to be a part of that love. There is no bigger magnet, no greater attraction force to an unbelieving world than when we love each other as Jesus loved us. And then this last statement that he made, you will never love others the way they need to be loved until you love God the way that he deserved to be loved. You will never love others the way they need to be loved until you love God the way he deserves to be loved. Now, you may be asking, well, who's my neighbor? And his last question is, do you love your neighbor? Now, I may be running overtime, but we're not going to have service tonight, so i got a little extra time. Uh, I learned this, who my neighbor was, in 1999. On my first trip to Trinidad, West Indies. The saying goes there in Trinidad, West Indies, if you're white, you're a missionary. It took the Trinidad tip to see who my neighbor was. These people welcomed us there because we were children of God. We were His children. We, Jesus Christ, was our Lord and Savior. We were welcomed there. The lady that I stayed with, her name was Miss Humes. But in the trips that I began before I left her that first time, she became Mama Humes. That's the closeness, the love that we had grown together. She was my mother in Trinidad. I, my mother was still alive back then here. But Miss Humes, Mama Humes, because of her love for me and I love for her, I called her Mama Humes. We had a love that me and her shared for lost people and to sharing the gospel. It took that trip for me to figure out who my neighbor was. My neighbor may not look like me. My neighbor may be different from me in many ways. But Jesus commands us to love them, share the gospel with them, put on that badge of love, and show the world who we are. We are Christians. Now, in John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world with a love that He loved us, with a love that we can't even begin to explain. We try to use 
one word, and that's agape. That he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Those that believe on him will not see the day of judgment. They will not face destruction. They will not perish into that devil's hell, but will have everlasting life in a place called heaven. John 14, 6, even this is showing the love. Jesus, uh, we find that Thomas has asked a question that I feel quite sure. I was telling uh, Brother Don last week, somebody in that crowd was waiting to ask that question when he wanted to know, we don't know where you're going and how we're going to get there. And when Thomas asked that question, some of them said, I'm glad he asked that. Because I, I was thinking the same thing. I wanted to know. He said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto me but the Father, but by me. And in Ephesians 2, uh, verses 4 through 7, but God. Peter, uh, Paul has just reversed things, telling about how we were before. He said, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love wherein he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us or made us alive together with Christ by grace ye are saved and hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come that he might shew the exceeding riches of his grace in the kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. Not through our works, not by holding on to certain rituals in our lives, but he will show us the, kind, the grace in his kindness toward us through Jesus Christ. And that brings us down this morning. Do you love Jesus? Do you have the love of Jesus in your heart? Is this something that we need to ponder every day? Who's our neighbor? And do we need to show our neighbor our love? Have you experienced the love of God that can only come through His Son, Jesus Christ? I pray this morning, if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that today would be the day. You would begin to experience the love that God has for you. And it's not just something that overnight that you began to understand. That understanding God's love is a continual process. You learn and you learn and you learn. So this morning as Brother Rockney comes and we share a time of invitation. I'm going to, I've got my mask somewhere. I'll slip my mask on. If anyone comes and you would like to talk about your eternal life or a problem that is bothering you, you feel free to come forward this morning.
Thank you for listening to our broadcast today from Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church. If you need spiritual help with your relationship with the Lord, please call 270-527-3757. Also, we would like to invite you to attend our services. On Sunday morning, Sunday school begins at 10 a.m., and our worship service is at 11 a.m. On Sunday evening, discipleship training begins at 5 p.m. with our worship service at 6 p.m. You may also view our Sunday worship services live on Mediacom Inspiration Channel 93. On Wednesday night, our worship service begins at 7 p.m. Once again, thanks for listening, and may God bless you and your family.